I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. First, 2022 has been an absolutely terrible year for fatalities on our roads. Right now on KSL Plus. A disturbing trend on Utah's roads. I don't want anybody to go through that tragedy again and lose their lives. And the efforts to slow the number of crashes and deaths. Typically it's because they've made a poor choice to not wear their seatbelt. I'm Matt Rascone, and this week marks the start of what's become known as Utah's 100 Deadliest Days, or the time when we usually see the most deaths on our roads. I can only imagine what it's like for people who are involved in in these type of incidents. This week, the data and the warnings from the Utah Department of Transportation, the Utah Highway Patrol, and people who have lost loved ones on our roads. high school sweethearts. Leslie and David Henson had just moved to St. George to embark on the next phase of their lives. He was just a great guy. Those plans changed on a March morning in 2013 when the couple was hit on the sidewalk. David, an avid athlete and father of three, died at the hospital. Leslie sustained serious injuries. I don't want anybody to go through that tragedy again and lose their lives because someone picked up their phone. From January 1st to May 26th this year, 116 people have died on Utah's roads. That's the highest they've been in more than two decades this time of year. Every time we turn on the news, it seems like there's a new terrible story involving pedestrians, bicyclists, motorcyclists, and motorists. During this time last year, 108 people died. In 2020, 86 people lost their lives. And during the same months, 10 years ago, there were 76 deaths. Since her recovery, she's put up signs, billboards, visited high schools, and warned anyone who will listen about the dangers of distracted driving. And it's something that we truly, truly know will save lives. She worked to get legislation passed in 2014, making it illegal to manipulate a cell phone's keyboard while driving. That was huge for us, and now we're working on hands-free. Next, she wants Utah to pass a hands-free law, saying there's enough technology in cars to allow people to talk without holding their phones. Put your phones away. Put them away. 
My colleague Mike Hedrick and the KSL investigative team got a closer look at the numbers. We got to go and knock on their door and tell them their loved one is dead, and typically it's because they've made a poor choice to not wear their seatbelt. The most preventable is using a seatbelt. 84 people who died in crashes in 2021 were not wearing a restraint. That is up nearly 79% from 2019. We have people just blow past us. Speeding killed 106 people, a 10-year high in 2021, up a whopping 68% since 2019. High speeds have been such a problem on Utah roads. This year, the legislature increased penalties for drivers going over 100 miles per hour. But will that work to convince people to slow down? Here's another trend we found in the data. While you may think most fatal crashes happen on the interstate, that is not true. 80% happen on side streets and smaller highways. Where they happen is where people are along the Wasatch Front. The number one city? Ogden, with 42 fatal crashes in four and a half years. There's reasons why your parents worry and why parents teach you certain things. And how do age or gender factor in? Well, teen driver fatalities have risen 48% in two years. And men account for two-thirds of drivers in all fatal crashes. We're moving in the wrong direction and we need to make a change. I tell people all the time, I married the boy that I loved since I was 12. That's Jordan with her husband, Devin, and their then two-year-old little girl, Lila. That photo taken before December 23rd, 2018. I kind of want to take you through the events of, of the day that changed my life forever and how very sadly we fit into, my family and I fit into that category of statistics. My husband and I were planning on traveling to Salt Lake to see the lights at Temple Square on December 23rd of 2018. It was my husband, Devin, myself, and at the time, our little girl, Lila, who was uh, had just turned two years old. We didn't make it very far, um, only about 10 minutes from our home, south of our home, when as we were heading south, I was looking at my phone and, and I still remember clear as day uh, the details and the events of everything that, that followed. But looking at my phone, texting a recipe to a neighbor friend um, about a holiday treat. And I looked in the back and saw that Lila had fallen asleep. And I turned to Devin to say, oh, yay, she fell asleep. Hopefully she'll sleep the rest of the way. And right as I finished saying that, I all of a sudden see a car crossing over multiple lanes, looking almost as if she was going to turn left, but there was nowhere to turn left, no road to turn left on. And I said, Devin, and when you're going 65, 70 miles an hour, it's, you know, there's no time to really react or think. And all of a sudden, before I knew it, we were hit uh, head on by this other vehicle. We proceeded to roll six times. And at some point um, in the rolling, I kept thinking, at some point I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pass out, right? I'm going to get, I'm going to be unconscious, something. Cause the, the impact of that I knew was obviously really significant. I, I, I think it's important to share the details of this day so people can understand again and paint the picture of what, what this has looked like for us. Um, but I, I gather my bearings and I look around my car and there's, there's blood and glass and everything everywhere. And I look over at my husband who's unconscious and my baby in the back who I can't even see cause our car was so mangled. Uh, not crying, not knowing what condition she was in, and things just move so, so fast. Um, before I knew it, there were people trying to get us out of the car, um, digging me out first because obviously my side was more accessible, taking me out of the car, um, laying flat on the highway in the middle of winter, um, snow, dirt everywhere, 
just laying there waiting as they to see if my baby was okay and if my husband was okay. away on impact. Um, his cause of death was his aorta severed and then bled into the rest of his organs and he died within moments. Um, I was then ambulanced to Logan Regional Hospital where I received the final news that he didn't make it and my little girl miraculously by some miracle was just fine. Um, so instead of unwrapping presents and celebrating the Christmas season, you know, like we all look forward to every year and uh, making it to our destination like I thought we would safely, we didn't. Instead, my entire life, as I knew it, was shattered as I instead, on Christmas Eve, wrote an entire obituary and planned a funeral. At 24, I found myself widowed and a single mom, and there's not a day that goes by that I don't still feel the depth of that pain. Um, that My little girl, who's now five, uh, that, we, that we don't miss him with all that we are. One thing that, I, that I've struggled over the last three years to wrap my head around, and again, the, the big kind of force behind why I feel so passionately about spreading awareness is my husband's death was something that was 100% prevent, preventable and never should have happened. He didn't die from a disease or natural causes. He died because we got in the crossfire of someone else's irresponsible choice. Uh, a driver had fallen asleep uh, after only having three hours of sleep the night before. She had fallen asleep at the wheel, crossed over, and didn't even wake up until their car was also um, veering off the road after our collision. And so it's something that I, my hope, and I said this earlier, but my hope in sharing my story is that it can prevent, even if it's just one family, from being where we are at. Something that, that again, never should have happened. I don't think that we consider and, and really can wrap our head around uh, the social contract, and I, I use that, that wording a lot, that we engage in every time we get behind the wheel, or as, or as sometimes I view them, these killing machines, right? These, these cars that have the ability to literally take a life so quickly. Um, and it's our responsibility. It's a privilege to be able to drive, but it's our responsibility, not just for our own sakes, but for everyone else around us um, to do that, that we, that we hope and we pray that other people will take it as seriously, that we will drive, you know, cognitively, that we will drive aware and that we will drive safely. So my message and my plea overall is just to, to have people think of our, our little family, um, to think of my, my, my baby who now doesn't have a dad, to think of my, my handsome husband who at 29, we were in the prime, 20, he was 29 when he passed away and in the prime of his life and all because of one person's choice that was changed. Um, and to really, especially as we go into these 100 deadliest days, to think about that and to think, um, kind of like was mentioned earlier, about getting to your destination and what that means to get there safely so that those memories can continue being made. Um, but again, I thank Zero Fatalities for this opportunity and this platform, and I hope that we all can work together to make that, to lessen that number and all just live a little safer. So thank you. Jordan, thank you so much. I have no idea how you get through that with so much composure. That, that is absolutely amazing. You're, you're truly a hero. Um, I, I sit here and look at these pictures uh, along here, and these pictures probably will do more than anything I say to you today, um, especially that one on the end. It's uh, truly horrific um, to be able to see that. Um, just again, Jordan, thank you so much uh, for your, your willingness to share your story and bring, bring a highlight to this because... 
we as law enforcement officers see it every day and, it, and it's difficult it's hard so slow down in time um, and struck the back of another vehicle, um, at which point he was ejected from the motorcycle and then um, was struck by another vehicle. Reckless driving, aggressive driving, and distracted driving are setting the tone for the majority of crashes UDOT is seeing. I spoke with UDOT's John Gleason, who says these are all behaviors, and it's our job to take a look in the mirror and ask what we can do to make our roads safer. The reason we're here today is that we don't want to see the situation get any worse. I don't want to imagine what the summer is going to look like if we don't, if, if we continue this trend. There were 102 days in the 100 deadliest days of last year, and 103 people died last year. So that's one fatality a day. So somebody dies once a day during the 100 deadliest days, and that's horrific. That's horrible. It's tragic, and we need to kind of keep that. That. These aren't numbers, that they're real people. And this is the time of year that traditionally we see traffic fatalities nearly double compared to the rest of the year. It's those summer months where, um, where people are, more people are out on the road. Um, maybe they're not contending with the winter weather anymore. Um, clear roads and sometimes people kind of throw caution to the wind. And uh, that's, that's uh, the opposite of what we should be doing. Our research indicates, or at least has shown, that the majority of these deadly crashes are caused by human error, like distraction, traveling above the posted speed limit, aggressive maneuvers, drowsy driving, and especially impairment. One of the issues with drunk drivers is they're just overconfident in their abilities. They think that they aren't that drunk or that they're just going a short distance. Again, I've said this before and I want to say it again, this is unequivocally unacceptable and we need to do something to change this. This is a disturbing increase in deadly uh, roadway behaviors within the past two years demonstrates that many drivers think that, that this is acceptable behavior. We have to stop this disturbing trend. We, we must stop it. It's, uh, it's your life, it's my life, and it's the uh, lives of our families and friends that, that are depending on it. Each one of us, it's going to take each one of us to make that commitment, to do our part every time behind the wheel in order for this change to happen. These crashes are not accidents. We actually call them crashes. They're not accidents. They're 100% preventable. We just need to make better decisions behind the wheel. At the Utah Department of Transportation and at the Department of Public Safety, we're urging Utahns to, to make a serious commitment and make a serious change this summer by making safe driving the focus. And as the weather warms up, we're encouraging people to, to maybe make a commitment to yourselves. Look yourselves in the mirror and say, what am I going to do to improve my driving skills? And it just takes one. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's committing to, to buckling up behind when, when, you're, uh, when you're in the car, no matter how long or short the drive is. It's, uh, it's planning a sober, sober ride ahead of time. It's uh, putting that phone in the back seat and uh, making a conscious effort to obey the speed limit. Utahns will continue to see enforcement of deadly driving behaviors this season with additional shifts in media campaigns strategically planned during the 100 deadliest days of the summer. We can each do our part 
And it's these small actions that are going to save lives. They're going to impact not only our own lives, but the lives of everyone else out on the road. There's uh, truly a lot of unsettling things happening in the world right now. I think we're all aware of them. Um, like many of you, I'm glued to the TV over the last couple of weeks and especially in the last few days. Um, it, it's terrible. The important thing to do, no matter what's going on in your life, is that when you're behind the wheel, you have to put those thoughts out of your mind because it's the it's the most important and the most dangerous thing that most of us will do each day is driving that vehicle and it's the one thing that we take for granted because we do it so often but the consequences can be terrible if we take our focus off the road so anything that you're dealing with anything that's happening in the world we have to put it out of our mind for the brief time that we're uh, we're behind the wheel we all know somebody that probably doesn't wear their seatbelt. We probably all know somebody that texts while they're behind driving, driving behind the wheel, right? And using their phone and not paying attention to what's in front of them. We ask you to have these critical conversations uh, at the dinner, dinner table uh, with your family members. That goes both for parents and children and talk about some of the things that we're seeing because we don't want to see this again. We don't want somebody to make a poor decision and have to go through what Jordan did. Throughout the next few months leading to Labor Day, KSL-TV is exploring the why and what can be done to curb deaths on Utah's roads. You can watch that coverage on KSL-TV and check it out on the KSL-TV app or on our website, kslTV.com. Just find the section Road to Zero Fatalities to see all those stories. That does it for us this week on KSL+. Plus. I'm Matt Rascone. Stay safe, and we'll see you again next week.